I love books. One of my dreams in life is to have a library in my house. And if you listen to my husband, he'll say I'm well on my way with how many bookshelves seem to be popping up around my home lately. I read fiction, mostly fantasy horror stuff, the kind with haunted hotels or quest to save the world type of thing. But I also read a lot of nonfiction where my goal is learning. You know, I love to learn. And books are a great way for me to challenge some of the negative beliefs that tend to get me stuck, like perfectionism, holding myself to crazy high standards, and feeling like I should be able to do it all myself. In this episode of the Bold Life Podcast, I'll share three of my favorite books that have helped me challenge that inner perfectionist, help me build my confidence, and help me make progress towards my goals without getting stuck on the hamster wheel of self-doubt and procrastination. Okay, let's dive in. I'm Dr. Nicole Byers, clinical psychologist and neuroscience nerd, and you're listening to The Bold Life Podcast, the podcast for ambitious overachievers and recovering perfectionists who feel stretched thin and overwhelmed trying to do it all. As a recovering perfectionist with big career goals, I know how frustrating it can feel to never have enough time in your day or to endlessly procrastinate because you lack the confidence to take action. I've spent years understanding how our brains work and the mental habits that get in our way. Each week, I'll share actionable strategies and guest interviews to help you get relief from your to-do list, build your confidence, and reach your goals. If you want to learn how to thrive both at home and at work, you're in the right place. If you're new to the Bold Life Podcast community, welcome. If you've been hanging around with me for a while, you know I'm a recovering perfectionist and overachiever myself. I've shared on the show before how I prepared a three-inch binder of potential questions I might get asked before my dissertation defense back when I was a grad student. I didn't have to open it once during the exam, but I did have to staple my pants together that morning. You can hear all about it back in episode 14. I also gave my wedding party typed instructions on my wedding day. I like to be organized, but apparently my friends and family don't always appreciate my micromanaging. I've always held myself to super high standards. And for a really long time, this worked out okay. Yes, I got stressed out when I got a bad mark on a test in school, but I've always been able to use my perfectionism and overachieving to my advantage. It helped me get through years of university and grad school, as well as a really challenging internship. And then I got my dream job after I graduated, working as a neuropsychologist at a local hospital. But once I started my own business a few years back, and the number of tasks on my to-do list exploded, perfectionism started getting in my way. While I was starting my private practice, I was still working full-time at the hospital, and I wanted to build my private business up to a level where I was matching my income in the hospital before I felt comfortable quitting that job, so that I felt financially stable to leave my hospital job. So what I did was I started using all my free time to put towards my business. I used all my vacation days to see private clients for months. I worked every evening and weekend, and I was working close to 60 hours a week for a while. And not surprising, I started burning out. I had a toddler at the time. Allison wasn't even a year old when I started my business, and I was trying to juggle all the things. If you're an entrepreneur or solopreneur, You know how much extra stuff is involved in running your own business. 
I wasn't just seeing clients. I also had to figure out how to do my scheduling, my billing, my bookkeeping. There was marketing involved. And once the pandemic started and I transitioned part of my work online, there was a whole new world of podcasting, online education, new computer programs, and all this stuff I was trying to do on my own. Because as a perfectionist and an overachiever, it's always been hard for me to ask for help. Why hire someone when I can do it all myself? I noticed I had all these beliefs about what it means to be a good employee or worker, beliefs about how much I had to do on my own, what it means to ask or need help, and how hard I should be working. Sound familiar? Thankfully, I've always valued education. So I started taking courses on running a business. And one of the things that kept coming up over and over was the struggles that come with starting a business. Things like trying to take on the world on your own, which leads to burnout, holding yourself to unrealistic standards, and playing that comparison game all the time with everyone else, and worrying about messing up or not being good enough or smart enough or whatever enough. It was still a work in progress. But over the years, I've learned how to get better at delegating, prioritizing, because there's never enough time for everything on that list, and how to hold myself to more realistic standards. I mentioned that education and finding mentors has always been really important to my own learning and growth. And one of the ways that I learn is by reading. You know, I keep bookshelves all over my house to hold my ever-expanding collection of books. And today, I'm going to share three books that I think every recovering perfectionist should read and what I learned about myself and productivity from reading these books. Book number one on my list. It's called Rejection Proof by Jia Jing. I love this book and I've talked about it before on the show. You can check out episode 29 to hear more. In this book, the author Jia Jing shares his story of how he quit his job with the goal of launching a new app. He put all his time, energy, and money into developing the app and he believed in it so much. But then he got shot down and rejected at his first ever investor pitch. So he decides he never wants to feel that horrible again. And he's going to train himself to handle rejection by purposefully putting himself in situations where he's likely to get told no or rejected. It's very funny. Some of the things he tries are trying to convince a stranger to give him money or he goes into a donut shop and tries to convince them to make specialty donuts shaped like the Olympic rings. Like I said, super funny and well-written, which I love in a good book. It's easy to read. But what I like most is he's so honest about his experiences and what he learns about himself. One of the lessons he learns is that rejection gets easier over time. The more he does these crazy tasks, the easier it gets. And he also learns that people don't always say no, despite how out there some of his requests are. One of my key takeaways from this book is that our brains evolve to fear rejection. We want people to like us. So we often work things up in our mind to be worse than they actually are. We assume everyone's going to say no when we ask for what we want, but that's not always true. Rejection Proof is a great book if you struggle with self-doubt, perfectionism, or people-pleasing. And if reading's not your thing, he has a YouTube channel where he documented each of his adventures as well. Book number two, Every Perfectionist Should Read. Everything is Figureoutable by Marie Forleo. If you haven't heard of Marie Forleo, she's a motivational speaker and thought leader in the personal development and business world. While a lot of her recent work is on helping folks start small businesses, for years, she's been helping high achievers bust through limiting beliefs and self-doubt 
so they can achieve their goals. I actually picked up her book a couple years back before I knew much about her. I saw it on a shelf at Walmart and liked the title. And I've been following her on social media and even taken some of Marie's courses since that time. Her main point in this book is, you guessed it, that everything is figure outable. And she shares experiences throughout her life from when she was a young girl to when she became super successful in business, speaking with Oprah on stage, and how these experiences helped her develop this belief. What I liked about this book is that she shares personal stories that really show how she worked through hard decisions or what she did when she encountered roadblocks. One of the stories she shares is how she's at the airport and she's running too late to check her baggage and she starts to panic. She goes right to that place of self-doubt and self-criticism, beating herself up for being late, worrying she's letting her husband down because this is the first vacation they've taken in years, and she's blaming herself for making them miss their flight. But she's able to remind herself that everything is figure outable. So she takes a few breaths, then runs to the airport luggage store, buys the biggest carry-on bag she can find, and shoves all their belongings in the bag just in time to get on the plane. This book was also a great reminder for me that even though everything is figure outable, you don't have to find the perfect solution. You just need to find a solution that helps you take the next step. As recovering perfectionists and overachievers, we often get into that habit of analysis paralysis, overthinking every decision because we're not confident that we're picking the right option, which just leads to more stress and more overwhelm. Marie shares how her habit of taking action keeps her moving towards her goals. Even if she has to course correct down the road or things don't work out exactly as you plan, you have the ability to figure out that next step. And finally, book number three, I think all recovering perfectionists should read, Becoming by Michelle Obama. I love this book because Michelle Obama is amazing. And she's incredibly open in sharing some of her personal struggles that she went through while her husband achieved more success. She shares all about her life and her childhood, but also how she had her own ambitions in her career as a lawyer and how she felt the need to pull back on those ambitions while her husband was starting his run for presidency so that she could focus on her family and supporting her husband's career. One of my favorite stories she shares is how one day she got so ticked off at Brock after he came home from working out at the gym and she was busy preparing dinner for them and her kids. And she shares how she felt resentful that her husband was able to take this time to exercise and she felt like she didn't have the time. She's trying to juggle raising two kids with her husband away often for work and she was frustrated that she didn't have the time for the things she wanted to do, like exercise. I think we can all relate to never feeling like we have enough time in the day or always feeling like there are these external pressures on our time, whether that's work commitments, family commitments, or other commitments that drain our time and energy. What I liked about this book was she shared how she realized that if exercise was really important to her, it wasn't helpful just to be resentful of her husband for making the time. She had to find a way to make the time for herself. I especially like that she emphasized making time, because this is a common productivity pitfall. Trying to find time and squeeze more in, but we know that just leads to an overloaded to-do list and feeling like you're constantly playing catch-up. Michelle Obama makes the time by hiring someone to come in and cook for the family three days a week while she goes to the gym. I know, I know, we can't all afford to hire someone to cook, but it was a good reminder that if the incredible Michelle Obama needs to remember that she can't do it all herself, 
it's okay for the rest of us mortals to ask for help too. Asking for help and delegating can be a big struggle for perfectionists and overachievers. We feel like we should be able to do it all on our own, but that's just not true. We all need help sometimes, whether that's delegating at work, saying no to extra projects we just don't have time for, or setting up strategies to reduce your work at home, like ordering groceries or pre-planning your meals. All of these strategies reduce that mental load, and that mental load can really pile up. All the things on your brain all the time that lead to less mental resources and more exhaustion. This book was a great reminder for me of the importance of prioritizing, of knowing my limits, and of getting help when I need it, if I really want to reach my goals. Want more tips on how to get things done in your day? Check out my free workbook, Your Daily Productivity Checklist. I walk you through the strategies I use to set my workday up for success, with a bit of pre-planning that saves me time and energy every day. You can get your copy at drnicolebyers.com forward slash checklist. That's drnicolebyers.com forward slash checklist. I'll put the link in the show notes as well. There you have it. Three books I've read that help me tame my inner perfectionist. If you feel like you might be holding yourself back with perfectionism or holding yourself to crazy high standards, or you're feeling overwhelmed with everything on your plate, these books are not only a great source of motivation and funny stories, but they also have some fantastic tips and strategies that will help you get some relief from that monster to-do list and those nagging thoughts of self-doubt. Okay, that's a wrap for today. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Dr. Nicole Byers, and this is the Bold Life Podcast. Thank you.